630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. The Angels leading the Jays in the bottom of the eighth. The Orioles are crushing the Nationals 10-3. That's also in the eighth. Red Sox and Rays now 3-3 in the ninth. So uh, maybe the Jays stay tied for first place. If the Red Sox don't pull that one out, we will keep you updated. AlbertaCancer.ca slash baseball game. I also just tweeted that out through my uh, Reed Wilkins Twitter account as we had Brent Sake and Kevin Carius in studio teeing you up for next weekend's World Longest Baseball Game. I know I had some text messages for people asking for some more information how to donate. There it is, albertacancer.ca slash baseball game or you can just Google the uh, Alberta Cancer. Just, you can just Google Alberta Cancer Foundation and uh, scroll down and you'll see some events uh, as well. But uh, that is so cool and we will keep you updated on that on uh, Inside Sports on September 2nd and 5th. How about that? Already promoting things happening over a week away on the show. Tell you what, uh, hockey's getting started, and that uh, for the Edmonton Oil Kings, that means, I I think now, that Randy Hanch is the GM of the Edmonton Oil Kings. Randy, welcome back to the show. Here we go, another season of putting up with my interviews. How are you doing, buddy? (laughs) Hey, anytime, Reed. Glad to be there. Yeah, good good to have you on the back on on the show. Man, I'll ask you this to have a little bit of fun first. Uh, You know, Brent Sakes doing the world's longest baseball game. He's done the world's longest hockey game. Over 250 hours is the current record. Uh, Is there an overtime game in your career as a manager or a player that stands out uh, as a long one? Did you ever get in a three or four overtimer? Well, the uh, the one at the Memorial Cup there we had uh, against uh, Valdora there uh, for the uh, semifinal to get to the uh, uh, final was one that uh, definitely stands out. That was uh, certainly a, uh, a lot on the line and, and uh, just kept on going on and going on and you know credit to both teams and, and uh our guys, they just they, they stayed with it, and uh, everybody rose to you know to, to the challenge and uh, gave extra, and it was, uh, we were fortunate to come out on top. Is, is that the one where Lazar, Lazar got the deflection goal? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And that uh, you know what, uh, I said that was a that was a, a game that had a lot of ups and downs and peaks and valleys. As uh, you know, Valdor tied it up in the last minute and uh, off the draw, and uh, like I said, our guys stuck through it and killed the penalty off. And, in the overtime and uh both teams uh you know uh gave what they had and like i said it was a real credit to our guys to stay with it and uh very pleased obviously for uh, for us to come on top what was it like watching that game as a manager i mean like were you could you watch did you, were you just like stretched out what was it like you know what we we talked about that after and uh after a while like uh, dustin Schwartz was on uh the one side of myself and and uh we just kind of we we conversed on a, on a few things, and it just we said after we you know you you get so involved in the game that uh, you you have to sit back after you and you're just drained and you're not not the one's playing. And uh, but there's just certain pieces you remember, certain pieces that you know 
you had to be reminded of and it was it was just it was an emotional roller coaster up top and uh especially how we were kind of situated because we had we were all kind of sharing a box to teams and so Beldor was basically just you know, in in the same uh, area that was kind of a makeshift uh, press box for us, and uh, you know, fortunately, we all got along very well. But uh, it was it was it was an emotional roller coaster. I can tell you that. Yeah, for sure. Randy Hanch, the uh, general manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings, joining us tonight on Inside Sports. All right, so uh, yeah, you guys are getting going now. Is this is this the rookie camp this weekend? What's going on? Yeah, uh, well, basically, kind of both camps are uh, starting. Uh, the on uh, the rookie camp uh, starts tomorrow with the registration and uh, fitness testing, and uh, so we'll get that uh, started and completed all in one day. And then the on ice uh, version for the rookie camp uh, starts on Friday. We have uh, well four teams, and uh, each team will uh, practice uh, for for an hour. First practice going at eight o'clock, and then the uh, games will start uh, at night. Uh, on Friday night, and uh, that will run right through uh, to game Saturday morning, Saturday night, and then uh, we have a tournament uh, kind of format where uh, after Saturday night, uh, three will play four, and uh, one will play two. So, you know, we have a little, like I said, a tournament format and little uh, uh, kind of prize and reward at the end uh, for the winning team, and and uh, it'll be good for the for the kids. We have it in the age group of 2000 and 2001, so. Uh, we've done that uh, since day one, and I think it's important for those guys to really get a chance to play in their own element. And, uh, you know, I don't want to say where they're comfortable because it's training camp and they're nervous, but it, it's really good to evaluate the players, you know, with, in a tight age group. So uh, that happens with the rookie camp. Uh, our veterans uh, report uh, uh, tomorrow, and then uh, they'll have a light skate on Friday. And then the main camp itself starts on Saturday with their uh, registration and fitness testing. So it, uh, it's getting underway. Randy, uh, I mean, I kind of, I sort of hesitate to ask you this because because I know so much can happen. Um, but I want to throw it out there just kind of to see where you're at, and maybe you maybe you do have a definite answer to it. I mean, how many spots might be available for for a youngster, a rookie trying to crack your team? Well, we've talked to a few of the the players here, and, and uh, uh, there will be a, a, a fair amount. You know, it's, uh, we're obviously starting kind of the transition uh, part of our program now, and and the phase of the you know that type of cycle, and uh, it's very how do you say uh, intriguing on our part and uh, exciting where we can talk to the players and talk to the uh, to the parents where there is going to be a changeover, and uh, there are there are legitimate spots for players to come in and, and earn. And I think earns the key, and uh, not just that, but for our returning players, like everybody wants to play, a, you know, a bigger role. And so the opportunities can be there, not just for, you know, a young player coming in to earn a spot, but along with the players that uh, are returning. Where, uh, like anything, everybody wants more ice, more opportunity. And and uh, like I said, with the changeover in personnel and the transition, uh, it's going to be there for all. All right. Well, that's uh, that's interesting to hear for sure. That's going to be an, an exciting part, I think, going through this camp. How, uh, where, where are you guys at in transitioning to Rogers Place as your home? <laughs> well, we're, we're still in transition. We we're just going through that even late tonight. So uh, just kind of wrapped up, uh, uh, you know, part, part of the packing up. And, you know, we're pretty well getting there. You know, I, I hats off to Brian Cheeseman and uh, Rogan Dean. They've... Uh, They've really gutted it out. They've worked really hard, to, uh, you know, with a lot of the movement and everything. And, uh, but from the staff stand- standpoint, we're kind of, 
we're in transition from kind of uh, Rex Hall to, to training camp at the Dallas Center in Fort Saskatchewan to Rogers. So we're kind of uh, in between, but it, it, it's starting to happen now, and, and uh, it's going to be close. All right. Uh, and, and just how exciting is it for uh, – uh, for you guys to actually get to, uh, you know, you're going to play a couple games in there even even before the Oilers do. That's pretty cool. Well, we're, you know what? We're honored. It's, uh, I think it's really going to hit home once we get in there and uh, as a group and our players get in there. Uh, you know, our goal is to probably get our players climatized as much as they can to the building because uh, just how special it is. Uh, but for us to have the opportunity to to, to play the first game there, uh, you know, I, it's it's a a bunch of emotions. Like I said, we're excited, you know, we're honored, and uh, it's something we're looking forward to. It's something you'll talk about uh, years down the road. Uh, I know you probably don't want to say this because you don't want to brag, but uh, from my tour of Rogers Place, and I'm not going to pretend I've seen absolutely everything of every part of the building because it's uh, still pretty controlled when you're in there, but I'm going to make a guess that you guys might have the nicest dressing room in Major Junior Hockey, so, you know, <laughs> it'll yeah, be nice. Well, I, I think we'll be up there, you know, uh, like I said, it's, we're, uh, like I said it, it, it is a special place, um, and, and obviously, like I said, all the, those are the perks that come with it, right? And, uh, I, I think our players will be uh, well, I shouldn't say I think. I, I hope and uh, we'll, they'll be pretty satisfied and, and pleased to be a part of that. Uh, like I said, it's, uh, it's going to be a special rink in, in the National Hockey League, so I would say it would be in the Western League for sure, too. Right on. Okay, and everything at the uh, Dow Center in Fort Saskatchewan starting for uh, public can just go check it out if they want to? Yeah, everybody's welcome. It's, uh, I think it's a great uh, facility. Uh gives you a chance to kind of see uh, the future uh players that will be playing for us along with uh, players that will be uh, the transition to our roster this year so uh, the public's welcome and we look forward to seeing them. Right on. Randy thanks so much for your time. I know you're busy so I really appreciate you coming on tonight and I look forward to doing this again. Anytime Reed. thanks for having me. Right on that is Randy Hanch the general manager of uh, the Edmonton Oil Kings so yeah you heard it now you go to go to the Oil Kings website by the way to check out more of this oilkings.ca but yeah everything getting going with the uh, rookie camp uh, Friday some uh, games going on uh, starting at 5.15 on Friday through the weekend. Uh, he mentioned tournament format, so yeah, it's going to be uh, pretty cool. And uh, he mentioned, you know, maybe a bit of a transition year for the Oil Kings with some spots uh, up for grabs if they got some hot rookies rolling in as well. You can text 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. It's Inside Sports on 630 Ched, presented by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. we got to take a quick time out a little bit more football talk when we return oh that mike riley guy you'll hear from him you're listening to 630 ched inside sports with reed wilkins Queens of the Stone Age. Which one's this one? Little Sister? Uh, in My in Head. In My Head, right. Off, uh, what was it called? Lullabies to Paralyze. Good band. Thanks for tuning in tonight. It is 8.19 in the PM. My name is Reed Wilkins. The other guy, studio producer, is Matthew Panaschik. You going to any uh, Bengals games this year, buddy? 
No Bengals. For some reason, no Bengals games, but I am going to some other games. I'm going to see the Chargers and the Broncos. The Why Ram- that one? Well, my buddy's a Chargers fan, and we're going down for that music festival in California, and that game happens to be around there, which is great. What festival is that? Uh, that is called Desert Trip. And who's playing that one? Well, the first night is Bob Dylan and the Rolling Stones. The oh, second that's night, that one. Yeah. Second night's Paul McCartney and Neil Young, and third night's Roger Waters and The Who. Are you going to all three nights? Yes, sir. Can't wait. That's awesome, buddy. Oh, we're going. We're also going to see New England and San Francisco play in San Fran, and Minnesota and Dallas in Minnesota. All on the same trip? Is no, it a three no. Three week trip? Just a, a couple, couple weeks here and there. We're gonna, we're gonna go. Man, that's cool. Yeah. Well, good stuff. Uh, you know me. I'm big on the NFL. So. Well, I know you all right. Not that I'm not big on the CFL. C- I love the CFL. I mean, I love going to Eskimos games. I mean, I love, I love the CFL as well. You can love both people. Love both. You like, can love both. You can. Just like you can love both Backstreet Boys and New Kids on the Block. And NSYNC. Exactly. And Spice Girls. <laughs> and Aqua. Just run a lot well, of 90s here we go. bands. Here we go. That's good, Matthew. <laughs> that is uh, that is great. The Hansons. Uh, some news and notes from today. It's, they weren't the Hansons. It was, the band Hansen was Hanson. Hanson Brothers. Or That's from Slapshot. Yeah, Hans, Hanson is the band that did Mbop. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> you need, there you go. Well, it's, You're a great, it's a catchy tune. It is. It's a catchy tune. It is. All right. So, uh, just some news and notes today. Oh, Arizona. The Arizona Coyotes have hired Don Braid as their skating coach. Uh, first female coach in the history of the NHL. She was part-time for Arizona last year. She was also a skating consultant previously with Toronto, Anaheim, Buffalo, and Calgary, so that's pretty cool. Duncan Keith, out of the World Cup. He'll have to uh, rehab a right knee injury. Jay Bomeister will now play on Team Canada instead. Yuri Hoodler, a one-year, $2 million deal with Dallas. Hope Solo of the U.S. women's soccer team suspended for six months for six months for calling the uh, Swedish team cowards after uh, the states lost to them at the Olympics. Canadian athletes returning home from Rio. I mentioned we'll have Canadian goalkeeper Stephanie Labe on the show tomorrow. Runner Andre de Grasse arriving in Toronto today. It feels so good to be a part of this uh, country. Um, you know, it's an incredible feeling right now. Um, it hasn't all sunk in, um, so I'm just happy to be home. DeGrasse, one silver, two bronze medals in Rio. Okay, Eskimos getting ready to host the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. John White not going to play. Shakir Bell will get his first start of the season at running back. I never want to predicate my success off somebody else's failure or somebody else getting hurt, but uh, I told John that I'm going to make sure that uh, he's going to be proud of my performance and I'm going to make sure that I'm going to protect the football, protect the quarterback, and then do what I do between the, whenever I got the ball. You haven't played yet this year. What's it been like? You played 11 games last year. You were in and out because of some injury situations. Yeah. Uh, what's it been like waiting for an opportunity this year when you, you pretty much used to playing last year? Uh, definitely patience. Patience was a virtue just making sure I stayed calm and, uh, and and I learned from this. Uh, I was able to watch John and take things away from his game, his explosiveness, his aggression whenever he's blocking, and I definitely want to apply those things to my game. So uh, a lot of people look at it as a downside, me being me not being able to play or me just sitting down and watching, but I, I definitely took all advantage of it and uh, was able to get to take things away from John's game. Expand on what he shows you, what makes him so good as a running back. John is definitely one of the most explosive backs in our league. 
uh, you can tell that every cut that he makes it's explosive, it's deliberate, it's, it's something that he sets up and he's very strategical with all his cuts and when he gets the ball it's, it's fun to watch him. But mainly his blocking. Yeah. John's blocking is amazing. He meets the defender at the line, he takes on the inside to make sure he's shielded away from uh, the quarterback and he's just aggressive and I love the aggression and I feel like that I can play with that same emotion. That's what I tend to do. All right, that is Shakir Bell, uh, who is not as good as John White, so we'll see how it turns out against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, who obviously come in here struggling severely with just one win in eight games on the season. They were pounded 53-7 by the Hamilton Tiger Cats on Saturday night. Quarterback Mike Riley about Bell coming in at RB. He's got experience for us. You know, He's basically a veteran at this point in time. He played a lot for us last year. Um, he's still a really young guy, and obviously getting John back meant that he was going to have to kind of take a step back and, and play the backup role, but uh, we got a ton of confidence in him. When he's played in the past, he's done a great job. Um, he's a year older now and a year more experienced. He understands the protections, understands the playbook better than he did last year, and he's a guy that you can get him in space, and he's dangerous, and he, he can actually um, also do a lot of stuff you may not expect in between the tackles, so he's a good weapon for us, for sure. 600 yards, I think over 611 games, so obviously yeah. that part of the game he can handle. Yeah, there's no question about it. I mean, the thing that he maybe needed to, to figure out during the offseason, which he has, is understanding the protections and the pass pro concepts, and uh, he's done a nice job all season since training camp started showing that he's has a better grasp of that, and he's done a nice job all week, so you know, there's no concern at all about that, in my, in my opinion. Interesting with running backs, Priority number one, often blocking. Priority number two, often pass receiving. Priority number three, often running the ball. And I say often as it might depend from team to team or situation to situation. But I think uh, Shakir, Bell's, Shakir Bell's drawback was his blocking ability. So I think that'll be something to evaluate when we see him play on Friday night. The Eskimos have clawed their way back to 4-4. Four and four. After losing three in a row and dropping to two and four, they now play six straight games against the West Division. Here's Riley. I mean, every game is important. We talk about it. Uh, whichever game is up next is the most important game of the season at that point in time. Um, we don't really care who it's against, but you also understand that when you're playing against divisional opponents, uh, it's basically a chance to gain gain two on whoever you're playing against, you know. Um, so it's a good opportunity. We look forward to it. There are teams that, uh, you know, we played Sask already once, uh, and we played Winnipeg twice, but, you know, we haven't had a lot of games against the West. So those are always the most fun because those are the ones that really show up and count towards the end too yeah and you keep it keep under control like you keep control your own destiny yeah no question about it yeah exactly i mean that's we're in a, a good position right now um you know and again we just try to build off of every game uh so we're looking forward to picking up where we left off uh you know against Sask the way we finished in toronto they're the proverbial wounded animal right now uh team you got to be wary of coming off a loss like that yeah i mean i'm 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 never wary of a team because i never overlook a team you know that's just not my mindset that's not our team's mindset um, you know, we don't. We watch the film, obviously. We know what a team's about, but we don't look at anything else. We don't care about their record. We don't care about stats or anything like that, as Dave well knows. But uh, you know, we worry about going out and executing our best against every team. Um, you know, and and you don't really care about anything else. So for us, uh, that's always been the key. We worry about what we can, can control, and that's how well we play on the field. And, and you know, we're excited up at the opportunity to come out and again put another good performance together. He doesn't pay attention to his stats, but we do. Mike Riley, the leading passer in the Canadian Football League this season. It is 8.27. We have news, traffic, and weather coming up at 8.30. little hockey talk 
Focusing on uh, the World Cup, a little bit of what's going on with the uh, Calgary Flames and some of their star players. Pat Steinberg from the Flames Radio Network is eagerly ready to join us. is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Inside Sports on 6.30, Chad. By the way, Ricky Ray going to be back in action week 11 against the BC Lions. The Toronto quarterback has only played a couple of games this season. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It's 8.33. The Blue Jays do indeed lose 8-2, the final score against the uh, Los Angeles Angels. The Orioles now lead the Nationals 10-8 in the bottom of the ninth. And Boston, uh, I've lost my place on the internet. Boston 3-3 with Tampa Bay in the 11th inning. So we'll see if the Blue Jays stay in a tie for first place or not. Looks like looks like uh, Baltimore is going to creep a game closer. Matthew Panashik on uh, the other side of the window as we take you through the final half hour of the show. Tomorrow, I mentioned Stephanie Labbe is going to be on the show. Glenroy Gilbert as well, former Canadian Olympian sprinter, now a coach for uh, the relay team, which uh, picked up a medal. Andre DeGrasse anchoring that team. So it'll be interesting to talk to Glenroy. I uh, just want to mention this again. Uh, I mentioned it earlier. If you missed it, Albert Pujols, 584th career home run against Toronto, breaks a tie with Mark McGuire. Pujols now in sole possession of 10th place on baseball's all-time list. He's two behind Frank Robinson for 9th place. Uh, Gary Sanchez... For the New York Yankees, keeping up his toward stretch, seventh homer in the past nine games as the Yankees beat the Mariners 5-0. Pretty incredible stuff there. Uh, and Hope Solo, suspended by the American women's national team for six months for the comments she made at the Rio Olympics after a loss to Sweden. Uh, effective immediately. She's not eligible to play in t- for the national team until February. She was uh, suspended for 30 days in 2015 because of uh, different circumstances. Obviously, she had some uh, abuse allegations and all that stuff going against her. Matthew Panastrick working hard on the uh, other side of the window tonight. As uh, we're, we're not getting Pat tonight. We may not get Pat Steinberg. That's sad. I know. Let them I a like message. that guy. Well, well, let them a friendly do? message, though. Well, to heck with them. If he's not going to answer his phone when he knows he has to be on the show, that's just too bad. That's just too bad. Uh, some people like this. Why don't we do, we do this? This this happened earlier tonight. So what was, what was the sequence of events, Matthew? Somebody said... Uh, somebody said, would McDavid be on Team Canada if there was no Team North America in the World Cup? I said yes. Somebody texted back and said, no way. Crosby wasn't on... The Olympic team in 06, he hadn't played enough games. McDavid wouldn't have played enough NHL games to be picked for Team Canada. I uh, I disagreed. Here's part of what I said. I mean, if there was no Team North America, Connor McDavid, I believe, not only just based on the merit of his skill and ability, would have been on the team. 
because he's a name on the marquee. He's one of the names in bold font. On he's here's the thing. Connor McDavid is an above the title talent. You know what I mean? Go look at a movie poster. Go look at the names that are above the title. Brad Pitt. Right? Tom Cruise. Matt Damon. Julia Roberts. Right? The those they're above the title of the movie. Connor McDavid is above the title. This is Connor McDavid in the World Cup. It's not the World Cup featuring Connor McDavid. He's an above the title player. He would have been on the Canadian roster if there were no Team North America. But they specifically created a Team North America so they could say, hey, let's let's get all these young guys in the game who maybe wouldn't quite make their national teams or who, if they are were on their national teams, uh, wouldn't play enough. So let's make a team for all the young Canada and U.S. guys because we need McDavid in this tournament and uh, we need Matthews in this tournament and we need Eichel in this tournament. I mean, really, Matthew... Uh, the North American team, in my mind, exists pretty much solely to showcase those three players. McDavid, Eichel, and Matthews. Am I missing anybody? I mean, there are, like, Nugent Hopkins is on the team, but, you know, nothing against the JT Millers of the world or whoever else, you know, J- John Gibson, all the other guys on the team. The Team North America exists to showcase those three players. Right? So, I mean, let's, let's not sit here and act like this is some purity of competition event where it's like we're sipping our tea and watching it and, and being like, well, finally, we'll get a true understanding of which nation has the most hockey talent. Look at these teams fairly and soberly divided into a completely fair tournament that is only based on the spirit of competition and determining superiority in the hockey world. Pip, pip, please put on the telly. No, it's it's a it's a made up event to make money and to entertain you. That's what that's what it is. Now you could say that about all sports, but this tournament takes it to another to another level. All right. I didn't want to have to try to do the voice again, but I mean that that's Connor McDavid would be on Team Canada if there was Team North America. And, and speaking of uh, the star players, I, I, I had a great interview on this show with Phil Esposito a couple of weeks ago, who, you know, during his time in the NHL was one of the best players of his era. He's uh, now a, a color analyst on the Tampa Bay Lightning radio broadcast. He helped found the Tampa Bay Lightning franchise. I asked Espo what separates the stars in sports from the other players god-given talent and and the mental capacity to read the plays and understand the game who was better at it who was better at it than wayne gretzky nobody wayne would know what you were going to do with the puck before you did if you had it that's what made wayne that's what separated wayne it wasn't the fastest he wasn't the biggest he didn't have the hardest shot but he was the smartest player that ever played and he had a passion for it. And when you have a passion for it, and that's the difference between, I think, real good players. Guys have different levels of talent. There's no doubt about that. But it's the mental ability to think the game and to understand what the opposers, opposing players are doing and to how to take advantage of their weaknesses. And, and, I, and I just, I, that's why I used to love watching Wayne play. I loved watching him play. 
because people say, well, man, he's not that fast, and he's skinny, and he's this, and he's that. Yeah, I said, he, he only controls everything. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, and, and, and you've you got guys like that. I don't think Sidney can control a game like Wayne did, but he's a heck of a player. Mario could control a game when he wanted to, but Wayne wanted to every game, every game. Very seldom did Wayne Gretzky take a game off. Yeah, very seldom. Well, and 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 I those are the, those are the guys that are you separate, you know, and that difference. And that's why Connor McDavid, I believe, he thinks the game by watching him. He thinks the game, and guys like that, I just absolutely love. Uh, that was Phil Esposito a couple weeks ago on this very show. That was a great interview, by the way. If you want to go back and uh, listen to it, uh, check the Inside Sports podcast or go to the Inside Sports page on 630chad.com. Were you working the night we had Esposito on? I don't think you were working, Matthew. Uh, really interesting uh, interview. He, he swore three times, <laughs> which in itself was noteworthy. I don't think I've sworn three times in three years of hosting Inside Sports. Did you know Phil Esposito? You know he was one of the greatest goal scorers of his era? Of course. Did, did you know he, he used to uh, work uh, a summer job in the offseason? Get out of here. Hey, listen, you did what you had to do to make I had two kids. I had a, <laughs> you do what you have to do to survive. And I drove bulldozers, track excavators, uh, graders, uh, you name it, I drove it, and I had a blast doing it. I enjoyed myself with the guys, and I played ball in the summer. At, at, unless I worked a 3 to 11 shift, and when I worked a 3 to 11 shift, I couldn't play ball, but when I worked 7 to 3 or, or 11 to 7, it was easy. I could play ball and still do all the rest of the stuff. And that's, I really liked, to tell you the truth, the 7-3 to three shift was the best. But the 11-7 the to seven shift was okay, too. So what, what because now, you mentioned obviously the salaries are, are way different. Guys, I mean, most of the NHLers I talk to, and when the Oilers come back in, in the fall, now they haven't had any playoff games, obviously, but they usually take a couple of weeks off and then they train and they're kind of expected to come to training camp in shape you know to 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 go could you do any type of training like that because you absolutely working. nothing no yeah. we came to camp and we had six weeks of training camp and the first three days we didn't touch a puck it was just skate 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 two hours in the morning two hours in the afternoon and after three days you couldn't touch the body we were so sore and um you know that's what we did and we scrimmaged after that we started line rushes and then we would scrimmage and we would have hockey games basically inter-squad games because it would be 30, 35 guys there. And we, let's not forget, eh, we only played with five defensemen and three lines. <laughs> People forget that, too. I mean, we played three lines, nine forwards and five defensemen, and one goalie. Well, we had two goalies, right. <laughs> but one played. Yeah. So, okay. so there were 16 guys. That's what we had. And uh, that's what we did. And it was fine. I mean, I probably averaged, somebody told me I averaged 38 to 39 minutes a game. Hell, these guys are in such great shape. Why can't they play that much? Right. Oh, I'm for, sorry. They're bigger. They're stronger. All the rest of that stuff. Right. Well, I don't believe in that bullshit. All right. That's a snippet from Phil Esposito about working in the summer and uh, modern training versus training in his day. 
And I, I don't know if he, I, I hate to say Phil Esposito might have been exaggerating. I know there are some of you listening who probably saw Phil Esposito play in his prime, and it was a long prime. I don't know if he played two-thirds of games. The, the rosters were a little smaller. I don't, I don't know if he played 38, 39 minutes a game. Maybe he did. He was a really good player. I haven't gone back and watched uh, watched all the tapes. That was an interesting interview, and again, you can get it in the audio archives on the Inside Sports page on 630Ched.com. We're going to take a quick timeout. Back for some final thoughts. It's 844 on Inside Sports. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630Ched. Well, several people on the text line are calling me Mrs. Doubtfire for whatever accent I was that I did during my talk about the World Cup of Hockey. Did they use this song in Mrs. Doubtfire? They did. Is this not originally off the 1986 Aerosmith album Permanent Vacation? Do I have the right album? It's a great question. I I think I do. Let me take a look here. Uh, Permanent Vacation had... Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was on permanent vacation. It had Dude Looks Like a Lady, had Ragdoll, and had uh, Angel. Weren't, the, weren't those the hits off that album? Angel, best ballad of the 1980s. Because then the next album was uh, Pump. That had What It Takes, had uh, The Other Side, had Janie's Got a Gun. And then they went into uh, Get a Grip, which had... Uh, crying and living on the edge as the big singles. There you go. There's everything I know about Aerosmith. How many times have you seen Aerosmith, by the way? I have not seen Aerosmith live. I have never seen... Uh, I have never seen uh, Aerosmith live. I'm not a, I'm not actually not a big concert goer, to be honest with you. Really? No. Why is that? Is it too loud for you or what? Yeah, yeah it's too loud for me. <laughs> That's right. Turn that down. Steven Tyler, quit singing so loud. You're hurting my eardrums. That's me at the age of 90. Steven Tyler will probably still be touring. <laughs> he'll be like half, he'll be like a cyborg. Half, he'll be kept alive with cyborg parts. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm not, a, I'm not a big concert goer unless I really love the band. Did I get the, did I get the songs right off Permanent Vacation? You don't have it? Yeah, yeah. dude looks like a lady's on there. On yep. permanent vacation. And yep. so was uh, Angel, and so was Ragdoll. Those are the three singles Ragdoll's I remember. Ragdoll's on there, and Angel's on there as well. Yep. And also Hangman Jury's on there, too. Never heard that one, but it's got an asterisk next to it, so. All right. Uh, Will Capaldia texting in to 630-630. The Oilers should get Gord Downey to sing the national anthem at the first game of the new arena. Uh, I don't know if that, I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, Gord's not in good shape, obviously, right? You know, well, he has terminal brain cancer, so I think that I'm not trying to be sarcastic. I don't, I don't know if he's going around singing national anthems at hockey games now, right? I, I don't think he's making too many public appearances. That's for sure. Right, he he did a cross Canada tour. They play what they play for like three hours in Kingston on Saturday, oh. something like that. So, oh yeah, yeah, that's probably uh, might be the last time we see him perform, unfortunately. Um, 
boys are going to say, yeah, the new arena, again, check out edmonton.ca slash Rogers Place. You do have to get tickets. They are free to the public open house on September 10th. It goes from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. Tickets will be released to the public on August 29th. Uh, That's Monday, right? Monday is August 29th. You do have to book an entrance time. So, I mean, they're anticipating a lot of people going, obviously. So you do have to have to book an, ent- uh, an entrance time. Jay Bueller says, Hangman Jury is a gooder. Is that off permanent vacation? Do you still have the track listing yeah, open? that's what I said, yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was the other one that was highlighted as well in that, in that uh, album. There was four songs, Ragdoll, Good Looks Like a Lady, and Angel, and Hangman Jury. Those are the ones you can actually click on on the album. Okay, there you go. Uh, Topher Allen texting in. He goes, that's me now, Reed. Keep it down. Love Topher Allen. Uh, Jay Bueller also said, your Aerosmith knowledge is impressive for a deaf head. I have never been called that before. <laughs> I, I didn't know Def Leppard fans were called that. I think Jay Bueller might have just made that up. I've never been called anything specific as a Def Leppard fan other than saying I like Def Leppard. Apparently, I am now a deaf head. That's just a ripoff of Deadhead, though. And you know how I don't like just basing, like, when somebody says, puts gate on the end of, like, lochty gate. It's not, there's not a gate involved. Solo gate? Water gate. <laughs> yeah, solo gate for hope. That's what we should call hope gate. Then it doesn't sound like such a scandal. It sounds, sounds warm. What about hope gate? But as, as, as I constantly remind people, um, Watergate was not a scandal about water. It was the hotel where the, the there was a the break-in or whatever to the Democratic uh, Party, right, that Nixon was behind the, the break-in or knew about the break-in, and that led to the, the, his downfall and all the tapes and all that stuff. So they called it Watergate because that was the name of the hotel. Like, I, I probably know, uh, this is the sad part. I, I feel, well, I'm being judgmental here. I'm being a little, I'm being a little bit of a, I'm being a little bit of an arrogant you-know-what. But the, I'm probably telling people this who didn't know this. That this is why we call things deflate gate, spy gate, lochty gate, because it's just lazy. And quite frankly, it's laziness by other members of the media. And as lazy as I can be sometimes, I refuse to join this lazy brigade. Right? Spygate. It's not spygate. Because water, Watergate was not about water. Nixon wasn't stealing water from people. Uh, well, this is great. Jay Bueller says, Grateful Dead is before my time. No theft intended. He was just calling me a deaf head. Well, that's neat. You can text 630-630. You can tweet me at Reed Wilkins. The phone number is 780-496-0063. Uh, what do we got coming up here? Uh, we're going to be going to the rookie camp in Penticton, or pardon me, the rookie tournament in Penticton. So we can expect to see Jesse Pugliarve playing for the uh, Oilers Young Guns. I guess it's called the Young Stars Tournament. We're going to be broadcasting the Oilers games from there. Uh, main camp gets going September, what, 22nd. We got the Golden Bears game. 
uh, as well against the Oilers rookies. That's on September 21st. So hockey is approaching. Certainly the meat of the CFL schedule is coming up. Uh, the Eskimos are going to play their next six games against the West, two against Saskatchewan, two against Calgary, one each against Winnipeg and BC. Here's my question to you, Matthew. Let's assume that if the Eskimos play close to their potential or at their potential, they will win on Friday night. I hate to be that cocky or arrogant because it's been a bit of an up-and-down year for the Eskimos, but this is a reeling Saskatchewan team. Let's, let's make an assumption that they win and are 5-4. and four. As they should be. Of course, I believe they're going to win too. I mean, Saskatchewan's a reeling team coming in. You're right about that. They're just not playing good football. Are so. the Eskimos good enough to beat the Calgary Stampeders? Are we ba- are we back into this what we what we were saying a year ago that what of the Eskimos had lost ten straight games to the Calgary Stampeders going back four years and we were like that's the measuring stick that's the measuring stick that's the measuring stick. Or are we now, is that going to be the storyline going into Labor Day again? Well, the way uh, Calgary took it to BC last weekend, I, I'm, I'm going to honestly say no. I don't think the Eskimos can beat Calgary on Labor Day. I think that's going to be extremely difficult. I think they got to beat Saskatchewan both times and split with Calgary. And then there's 7-5, and five, which is okay. Then you play Winnipeg and BC, see how those teams are doing, and then you go down the stretch. Uh, Calgary's good. Calgary has uh, carried things through from last season better than I thought they would. I thought some of the changes might hurt them more than they have. Uh, this texter says, maybe they all come from the word instigate. They don't. I, th- I think this person is trying to troll me and just get me irritated as the show run- winds down on a Wednesday night. Get it all comes from the Watergate scandal, which w- the Watergate was the name of a hotel. It had nothing to do with water. Anyway. Uh, all right, are we done? We gotta go. Not yet. One, two. Yeah, we're done. Fifty-seven. We're done in thirty seconds. No, fifty-seven thirty. Not fifty-six. Oh, we're done 30. in ninety seconds. In 90 well, seconds, I still buddy. consider that. Uh, I I still consider that almost done. This texture says you are approaching idiot gate. Well, that's a fair comment. Uh, but again, still wouldn't be. <laughs> uh, you just called the. You just. Yeah, anyway, (laughs) that is truly one of my pet peeves. Thanks to everyone who uh, joined us on the show tonight. You heard from Oil Kings General Manager Randy Hanch. Kevin Karius from Global Television was in studio. Brent Sake getting ready for the world's longest baseball game. Go to the Alberta Cancer Foundation website to learn more about that. Eskimos defensive back Brandon Thompson was on the show, as was Saskatchewan Rough Riders receiver Shamad Chambers. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell the studio producer this evening the one and only Matthew Panasha tomorrow on the show Olympic bronze medalist Stephanie Labbe from the women's soccer team I think we're also going to catch up with Rob Brown from the Oilers radio network that'll be fun my name is Reed Wilkins always a pleasure whether you think I'm an idiot or not and trust me sometimes I think I'm an idiot so you're not alone have a good night Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.